This is a Drive to Succeed podcast where we feature inspiring entrepreneurs, thought leaders, influencers, and seasoned professionals to help you jumpstart your career and your entrepreneurial journey. Welcome back to the Drive to Succeed podcast. My name is Daniel, the host of this show. By the way, if it's your first time tuning in today, I just wanted to acknowledge you for investing your time with me and I'll do my best in my power to make it valuable to you as much as possible. As you already know the universal law of the more you put in, the more you're going to put out. So I would recommend if there is a part of this episode that resonated with you, might be a phrase, might be a quote, or a takeaway, write them down in a piece of paper or save it in your mobile device so you can review and relearn and extract as much value as you can. Today's episode 11. Meet Maya Alhawari, an inspiring Emirati who is the chairwoman of the Board of Governors and Director of Planning in Dubai Carmel School. She's also a TEDx speaker and a certified trainer assessor, as well as the first UAE PhD scholar in emotional intelligence and leadership. And in this episode, discover the four types of emotional intelligence and how it applies in leadership and HR. Learn the two types of fear we people face every day. As the year of tolerance in UAE, Maya shared her insights on tolerance and how we can apply it in our everyday lives. And learn how she's using her own life story to inspire people to bring awareness how she overcome depression by using emotional intelligence. Without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Maya Al-Hawari. Recording. Welcome back to the Drive to Succeed podcast. We have a first Emirati woman guest in the show, Maya Alhawari. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having us, Danielle. I appreciate it. It's such a pleasure. You're welcome. Uh, so for the first time, listeners who doesn't know you, uh, can you tell us who is Maya Alhawari? All right. So uh, Maya Alhawari, I'm the uh, first PhD scholar to research emotional intelligence and its effect on leadership in the UAE. I'm also, uh, my day job is, is a few. Uh, they call it, you're part of the gig economy if you have several trades, yeah? So um, I'm also the chairwoman of the Board of Governors at Dubai Carmel School, also their director of planning. Mm. I'm an assessor and trainer in the government, uh, here in the government agencies. So I, I train on positivity, happiness, emotional intelligence, soft skills, adaptivity skills, you know, all that fun stuff. And then uh, um, I also do, I also study my, my PhD. Also, I'm an adjunct faculty at a university here, mm-hmm. at the American uh, University in the Emirates. Yeah, so a mother yeah. of so three children a, and a, a wife. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we start all over um, your experience, your career, how it all transitioned, I, I wanted to understand 
How is your background um, doing? Are you always a, a trainer, a, a faculty? I think before we start recording, you, you open up, you were a principal once. In, yes. Yeah, I think. Yes. Yeah, can you tell us more yeah, about it? Yeah, sure. So uh, my career started as a vice principal in Dubai Carmel School, and it's uh, a private school, British curriculum school, K through 12. And at the time, and even until today, there are very few, very few uh, Emirati principals holding posts as VPs or principals in private curriculum schools. So at the time, we were like five in the country. And uh, I've been as a vice principal for eight years, then became principal for two years with His Highness Sheikh Hamdan bin Mubarak al-Nahyan, uh, Sheikh Nahyan bin, bin Mubarak al-Nahyan, and um, he was the Minister of Higher Education at the time. And I remember I was the first principal to hold the post of a blended learning environment. It was the first type of its school in the GCC, Middle East, and North Africa. It was a, it was a pleasure being a principal of that unique. It was a boutique of schools. So then 10 years of you know, being in education, and suddenly I woke up one day and I thought, um, this is not the career I think I want. And then I was good at what I did. You know, it was something that I was very skillful at, very organized. Uh, you know, you know, it's very important when you're able to trust the administration and you know that they will do the best, whatever is you know, uh, the best uh, in the best of interest in their child's future. And I was that type of person. But then it wasn't something that I was interested in for me to continue. And that kind of spiraled into a whole journey of soul searching and a lost of a lost soul. Um, you know, I became a social media influencer um, for women, especially Emirati women and maybe women around the world, because I was able to come up and open up to what happened after my ten years, and that was a whole five years of, you know, depression and. Uh, anxiety and just fear of the future and not knowing where I was going. Mm -hmm. So you were uh, working as a vice principal for 10 years? Vice principal for eight and then two years as principal and then shifted to becoming the chairperson of the board for five years until today. So it's been like seven years now. In Dubai Carmel School. In Dubai Carmel School. Understood. And um, you mentioned about depression and anxiety is it in between during those times and what happened? It was immediately after being a principal. So after, uh, you know, after two years of being principal, I resigned because I was at a stage and a phase in my life where I was thinking, what do I do? Um, where do I, is this what I wanted for myself? Is this something that I long to live and die uh, with? And uh, it, the answer was no. You know, just facing my fears and facing that answer was uh, was difficult for me. And that sort of spiraled with a very high stress um, and a lot of uh, questioning and answering and not even finding answers at the time. But, you know, being the curious soul that I am and being the type of person that questions and is relentless, I will not stop until I, until I understand, it's very important for me to understand, to be able to be convinced. Logic to me is very important. 
that, you know, I started questioning, why am I going through these emotions? Why am I uh, struggling like this? I don't see people around me. Nobody struggles this way. Nobody talks about, I feel like people are living happily and I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, either I'm not aware or people don't talk. It occurred and it dawned on me that people never open up. And it, you know, after passing, and I will come back to that time, but after passing, you know, you realize that people need people like me to open up and speak and share their feelings and share their experiences because it's the best type of learning is practical learning, learning by doing. Um, and if I hear it from you and I hear it from somebody else, I'll be able to, to relate and say, okay, I'm not alone. You know, loneliness, when you're in that mode or that circle of depression and anxiety, you are in a mole, in, in, you're alone and you feel that um, you're worthless. So for you to, to you know, it's, it's, you know, we say in, in Islam, Yadullah ma'al jama'ah, that you, your hands together, together, togetherness, a sense of togetherness is where God is best with you. And you need others to help you, to, to lift, to lift you up. But uh, with the grace of God, I was alone. I have to say my husband was my, was my soulmate and still is, but he was that, that rock. And at the, at the same time, I had a few people that passed by my path and they gave me messages. And they were like sparks where I started my research. In fact, the way I was able to come out of my depression was through thorough research, trying to understand. And I'm the type that is audiovisual, so I love learning hearing. through hearing and watching. So YouTube was my savior. YouTube was my doctor. You know, I, I looked at all religions. You know, we, we speak about the year of tolerance. I have um, such an appreciation to people and their way of thinking and their values and their behavior. We all speak the same language, it turns out. You know, we say Allah, others say God. Some people say energy, some people say universe, some people say Jesus. You know, whatever it is, we all preach a superpower. We all preach a higher order of thinking and strength. And um, you just begin to research. I, I, this is what happened to me. I started research. I wanted to understand existence. I wanted to understand purpose. Mm -hmm. And it was then that after about four years of research, a big you know, notion came up that I found out was called emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And emotional intelligence, the essence of it is four things. Number one, being able to understand yourself. Who am I? Mm -hmm. What's your purpose? What's your vision, your mission? Who are you as a person, your strengths and weaknesses before that even? And then being able, number two, to control it. So controlling emotions, being having a grip on yourself. So you can't go haywire on people. You know, if you if you feel angry at this moment, you, you feel angry and then you can just, you know, hurt other people's feelings or, you know, that's as an example. And then number three is understanding society. Number four, being able to handle society. But then taking those notions of emotional intelligence and making it a little bit more interesting, as I began to 
train. No, no. During the five years, I also tried to look for other career options to see where I fit. Mm-hmm. So one, during the five years, I was able to teach. I was blessed to teach in a university, Al-Falah University at the time. And these are only for Emirati? No, no, no. It was a, it was a private university. It's just, you know, just, just as any other university here. And um, I worked there for two years. And that opened the door. So I, I found out that I enjoy adult learning. So you look at strengths and weaknesses and you're thinking, okay, so this is a strength. Okay, I like this. Um, a weakness, well, I don't enjoy uh, lower education. You know, with, with anything below high school is, is not something that is my cup of tea. And with all due respect, I respect those who do teach it because I've been there, right? But you need to know what you like and what you love and what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Are you always passionate about teaching? Always. Always. And I love the idea of adult change that because I was able to change. And what is that catalyst that made you change? Because you mentioned um, you're watching YouTubes, um, you're doing a lot of research. What, what is that point in your life that somehow it just clicked? You know, is there some special or like a certain a video or like a phrase that you read or, you know, a, a paragraph that you research? It wasn't that per se, because as you're going through this journey of every day, 365 days of pain and agony and being alone, you're always constantly, I was always constantly looking at videos. It wasn't one thing. It was just a, a, a compilation of new values. Mm that was headed towards forming a new purpose. You know, at the beginning, I was lost. So you need to find that purpose. Why, were you, why are you actually on this earth? There's no way we were born to eat, drink, and get married and die again. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and just live and go to work and come back and have food and drink. And, you know, there must be some higher order purpose that we were made and formed uh, as God's hand on on earth. Mm-hmm. And what do you think your purpose is uh, after? Your I used my, I realized that my long journey, my, my painful journey was set there. You know, they say in agony there is bless. Absolutely, it was put there that way by God for me to take it and share it with others. Um, not Again, not many people share. And we live in a, in a society where it's beginning to open up. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember when I was suffering, nobody opened up. I was afraid to ask. People would think I would be crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, she must, be, she must be out of her mind. You know, don't talk to her. Or, you know, you know these cultural, yes, yes. Uh, you know, barriers. So, I, you know, when they see somebody that's educated, that uh, knows their stuff, that is a PhD scholar, that is researching the very thing that, that hurt me, you know, and I was able to learn from that hurt, emotional intelligence, because I was always constantly trying to find myself, and then used it towards the society. And I w- as I became, as from, I moved from adjunct faculty to trainer mm-hmm. in the government, it, it, it became obvious that the leadership level and senior management level need that awareness that constant awareness on how to handle 
themselves and their team below them. Because, you know, Dubai and the UAE, United Arab Emirates, is a fast forward place. We have the tallest, the longest, the biggest, and we, there's a lot more to come. Now, this line of leadership, they have to learn skills called adaptive, adaptive, adaptability skills, mm -hmm. adaptability skills, adaptability. you know? So they have to adapt. I'm using the word adaptive, that's why it came out as V. So they have to learn how to be adaptive mm -hmm. to uh, this fast space, that's number one. To be adaptive, you need to have emotional intelligent principles and skill set. In leadership. In leadership. For you to be able to handle the team, the flock. You know, the higher yes. you get up there in the leadership, the lonelier you are, you know, they say, because they expect that you know everything. Yes, but you don't. So emotional intelligence shows and tells us and, and research proves that leadership, they have to show some vulnerability, some humility. Yes. Actually, there's one phrase I um, always uh, listen, and there's um, Craig Rochelle, which is in leadership podcast. He always mentioned about leadership is that leadership is not about control. It's about influence. Absolutely. And the more you have an influence, you know, uh, the more you can, I mean, the get them to do the yes, job. Exactly. You and, know, and grow together <laughs> and grow together. Yes. You know, so um, so it, it, my journey cleared up slowly. And I was, you know, part of emotional intelligence is to listen to the messages that come from this universe that we live in. We said we do have a purpose, and it's, it's up to you to find that purpose. You can't be oblivious, and you can't be giving it a blind eye. So you gotta, you gotta wake up and look at it from a, from a magnifying lens. Like just, just stay away and, and just look at your life as you're watching a movie and think, okay, where am I going? Where, where am I heading? What's my purpose? I'm here to influence. Maybe I'm here to influence a flock of people, or maybe I'm here to influence my family as a mother. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all people are leaders in their own rights, in their own positions and seats. So if I'm a mother, be the best mother that you can be. If you are a leader, be the best leader that you can be. Because that's your message. Mm -hmm. And when you train leadership, um, when you train um, emotional intelligence uh, in leadership, you train government um, is it employees. 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 And is there a follow-up? What's the process look like? Is it a one-day, two-day training? Or is it like a full course? Uh? It's usually, usually their demands. Uh, it depends on their demands. So there are courses that are uh, workshops that is one day. Some is five days. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember teaching a course for 10 days. So it really depends on the content, it depends on the needs of the, of the entity. Uh, I remember an entity said, please concentrate, HR, they said, please concentrate on, on, on employee relationships. Mm -hmm. And uh, because apparently there probably is some kind of dilemma, you know, dealing with each other. And that's very normal when you have people together. You know, in a family, you, you'd have a conflict, you know, and you expect that, that the people that have nothing to do with each other from different backgrounds not have a conflict, it's impossible. Yes. <laughs> right? So, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's very nice when entities know what they want. So they, they usually bring me in uh, either to train on, as I said, now recently I've been training on employee tolerance. Mm. What is that employee tolerance? And it's basically how you tolerate each other under one roof. Simply. 
it was interesting to see um, that we use tolerance at every single day, yeah. every moment of the day. Number one tolerant you should be towards is yourself. Mm -hmm. Before you even look at anybody else and try to be tolerant with them, you need to be forgiving of yourself. You need to love yourself. First. First. And this goes back again to emotional intelligence. Knowing yourself, accepting yourself, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, able to control them. And when we say able to control them, how are you able to tolerate yourself? Kind of sense. You know? When you make a mistake, how easy you forgive yourself and move on. And, and move on and take care of it, take measures, you know, take steps, do that SWOT analysis that we do. Seriously, I mean, yes. you know, and, 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 and take a look, take a deep look. Do you meditate? Do you, do you sit down on your own? Do you contemplate? Do you think about your actions? These are, these are, these are you know, in the Quran, we are asked, and I'm sure in all monotheistic religions and other religions, we are asked to think and contemplate. Mm -hmm. It is written. It, we are, it's not a mandate, but it is something that is required. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to reflect on what has been done. Think of what you can do better to move forward. Uh, you know, all these. And how can you move forward if you haven't forgiven yourself? If you can't tolerate yourself, if you, some people, you know, I, I remember teaching <laughs> a course and there was this guy, he, says, he said, I, I said, you know, a part of it was, you know, write a, a self-compassionate letter yes. to, your, to yourself. And he said, well, I actually hate myself. I, there are some times where I just say, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. And it became something that I'm, I'm hateful of myself. I don't like myself. I don't like me. And that's, that's the extreme case. But that to me is typical of somebody that doesn't sit down and think and do his research. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not meant to hate yourself. You're meant to love yourself yes. because your creator loves you. But I think that the reason uh, before one can love himself is to really assess himself first Absolutely. or herself. And once uh, she is confident or he is confident enough that to accept the fact that he hated himself, you know, I think that's a time where the transition comes in. Right. So, uh, yeah, so going back with employee tolerance, mm -hmm. which you talk about, what are the type of challenges now um, people or, you know, uh, HR people encounter in terms of governing um, the employees? What are the things that people tolerate and don't tolerate? Like, give us, you know, example. So, I'll, I'll give you a general, uh, a general um, comment that was uh, in my last workshop. And they were like, especially from HR, mm -hmm. that accept some of the rules that we give out. Mm. You know, because HR is, is, the, is the hated entity in any organization. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they are the ones that do all the, the deductions, yeah? Yes. So, and they're the ones that, you know, pull, push out all the rules and regulations. And as employees, we have to comply. So, uh, you know, if... Even if, you know, one thing that everybody, HR especially, you know, we, we, they were speaking to their employees and they said in front of me, said, please, please be more accepting of us as individuals and separate us from the law. So I'm actually X, Maryam or Alia or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's not me that put the law. I, I, have, I have to fulfill the law. Mm -hmm. And it, it is your, it's a two-way street. It is your role to apply the law. So please don't be offended 
right? But the employees responded back. They said, we have no problems mm -hmm. in, in applying the law. Our problem is the way you address us first to apply the law. You address us as though you are ordering us. I think each and every one of us has this certain ego. Ego. That, so they know. use, so it becomes, so it mixes. So tolerance is about separating your ego, really, mm -hmm. from day-to-day -day business and just treat people the way they are to be treated. They're humans. You know, we forget with our ego, we forget that they are human beings <laughs> and they have, they too have egos yes. and they too have emotions. So that was a big one to me. You know, another, another uh, interesting point that I always tell people, doesn't mean that you're tolerant with your actions, that you're actually tolerant with your thoughts. Can you explain more about it? All right. So it doesn't mean that I'm not aggressive with you with my hand. Yeah. It means I'm tolerant of you as an individual with my thought. So, okay, if we were to talk about religions, uh, I, I, forget about religions. Let me give you something on the traffic to be more and more, uh, sure. right? Actually, you're on the traffic and somebody uh, goes into you but never hits you. Mm -hmm. But they, they, they swerve they onto your lane yes. and you become upset. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you don't honk the horn, right? But in the car, you're actually cursing them, <laughs> right? Yes. So that's a typical example. Even though you're not tolerant of them, mm -hmm. through your, you're tolerant of them with your actions, but doesn't mean that in your thoughts you're actually forgiving. Now I understand. You see? Yeah. So if you, if you apply that to everybody else, and you see, for example, other religions, you are like, no, 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 no. I don't, as long as they don't come near me, and I, don't, I will not come and bother them. I will not push them away. I will not throw them out. Yes. Right? As long as we are, everybody knows their line, we're good. But that's not tolerance. Yes. True tolerance is true acceptance and understanding that they come from the same Adam and Eve that you do, but their circumstance is different than yours. And it doesn't mean that you believe that your religion is the true religion, that you should impose that thought on others. I do understand. See? But you have to be convinced with those. It's just staying away from them is not being tolerant. You, some people confuse themselves with that. And even even now, when when you mentioned about the traffic, now I, I understand clearly when when you mentioned about tolerance, because um, let's say you're a mom, you have a kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you, um, when you have a kid, uh, you're tolerant with how what they do, how they react, but inside your head, oh my God, she she did it again. Yeah, you know, she some, did. Yeah, exactly. So something like that, I do understand. So um, now we talked about. Uh, emotional intelligence in leadership. We talked about your background. I just wanted to understand, you mentioned about positivity and happiness. Mm. Are there certain rituals, certain habits that you do to be positive? Because, you know, depression is really one thing, which I salute you on that, and Thank you're you. really coming out of that. Thank you. Um, I think depression is one thing that people should talk about and mm. have more support, um, especially especially men. For, for men uh, like me, there are times where we, we don't tend to be vulnerable to sure. others. And I think one, one also of the reasons why 
when women perceive men, they think that men are always strong. But the, the truth is, we are actually the opposite. So true. We are more vulnerable than women. It's so true. Because here you have like friends that you can talk about. Unlike men, we're just like, you know, pretending. It's show, yeah, you show, you show masculinity. Part of masculinity is to be tough. Yes. You know, and for you to show some softness is, is uh, to you is frowned upon. I understand. Yes. And for me to understand about uh, you, because you mentioned about depression uh, earlier, um, don't you have uh, friends or circle that you can share it about? The reason why, you know, I, I just wanted to understand what made uh, you in, into that. Because I know there's chemical hormones that comes with it as well. Sure. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about uh, sure. how depression comes along. All right. Um, depression is something, is a, is a, there are layers. Mm -hmm. I, I, try, I try to understand myself, and this is how I explain it to myself are layers of unsolved uh, negative circumstances. So it piles up. Piles up, piles up. It doesn't pile up from a week from childhood, okay? And it has a great link with emotional intelligence. So research today shows that you have to be very careful with emotional intelligence of children. i give you an example. So for you to embarrass a child in front of his sibling or embarrass a child in front of his classroom and assume that it's okay, that's one layer of negative circumstance. And, that's, and if you let it go and it's unsolved and you assume he's a child, he'll forget about it, that is something that will be scarred forever. It will affect his self-confidence. It will affect his self-esteem. It will affect his communication skills. Mm -hmm. Even eye contact will be affected. Standing on a stage will be affected. Mm. Speaking in public will be affected. This could affect his type of career, right? So imagine so many, bullying is one thing, if it's not controlled and if it's not monitored. A lot of children are bullied at school and they don't open up. A lot of children are bullied by their parents and they don't open up. Right? So all these layers, and it could be something so silly. Even um, being out of over, over, over protection of your child. If you're too overprotected, uh, protective, like in the sense that you scare them, oh, don't do that, it's dangerous, don't do this. It's Even that tone and monotone is something that will scar them. It's also a negative circumstance because it creates and builds fear. Human beings are born with two types of fear only. One, fear of falling, which has to do with balance. We like to be balanced. Two, fear of loud noises, also with balance. Otherwise, any other type of fear is societal fear, fear that was put in us and instilled in us since we were children. Like fear of rejection. Yeah, all this is fear. So imagine, and nobody's perfect, and our parents didn't know any better. You know, neither did yours, neither did we. You know, not even myself, I don't, I don't claim to be the best parent, you know. But it has become, again, my, I feel that I have that role today, that, I was, that I'm aware of it, that it, it's, my, it's my message to people. That be careful, you know. It, it, I'm blessed that I was able to come out of it. But then others commit suicide, Danielle. I, uh, yeah, especially in the corporate workplace. You know? The pressure and... It's, it's tough. 
So if you're able to come out of it, then make it your message to inform others and help others. You know, and so, so that's depression layers, okay? How do I keep positive? Another, another point about depression is that it is a chemical imbalance. When your intellect and your mind, intellect is the logic, and your mind is your emotions. When your intellect is controlled by your emotions, that you're, all you can think of is your feelings, all you feel like you want to cry, you're always sad, and even when it's logical, and you know you're not supposed to be crying, mm -hmm. but you're crying. Mm -hmm. So it means that there is this, if you, if you imagine uh, a scale, you know, the old scale, and that, so the mind is overpowering the intellect. Mm -hmm. Here, it's a chemical imbalance. People go to doctors to get medication for their nose, for nausea, <laughs> for a cough. Yeah. But we refuse to go to doctors for our psyche, our brains. I think so, that's also one of the, the one of the aspects why depression is not treated very well, is that people are, are so you know uh, hard to admit it themselves. That's it. That's emotional intelligence. Are you able to look at your weakness in the face and say, oh, oh I have something. I need to deal with this. To be able to control it. That's number two. And then come and then this is why you see a lot of deformed relationships in society. A teacher that would come to class, she's upset because she had a fight with her husband or she had a mishap that happened at home. She comes and she lets it out on her students. That's, that's a no-no in emotional intelligence. You need, to, you need to control yourself and then come and deal with community. Same thing with a leader that la leashes out on, the, on his employees when they don't understand why he's angry. Go take care of yourself, you know. So when you mentioned about taking care of yourself. How do I take care of myself? Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> so um, I do, and I did admit on social media that I, I do see a doctor. Mm -hmm. And um, I do have a very good friend that I, and this is something that people need to understand. You need people. You need to heal. And for you to heal, you need somebody to listen to you. It could be a mentor, it could be a guide, it could be a very close friend, but somebody that will be able not to judge you. Very important. And you and let it out. And somebody that's positive that will take it all in and help you. Now, there are therapies, you know, counseling sessions that happen, and you can pay for that. Um, but I didn't do that. I had a good friend that, that really supported me. My husband, also number two, really supported me. And he, he, was, uh, he spoke to me about it. And we used to have conversations. I even had, we, we used to go out with, I used to go out with, with, with my girlfriends. And we would talk about it openly and discuss some of the things about purpose and life. And, you know, all these discussions, it doesn't necessarily need to be about depression itself. But just about just to be able to th see what other people think about it and what they view about life, and uh, I d I did see a doctor. I took medication for quite some time, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's really really helped. You know, at the end of the day, you need to take care of yourself for you to be able to take forward that purpose that you're meant to do in life. You know, and there's always an end. There's always an end to medication. There's always an end, you know, when you're medication-free like myself today. You know, it's just it's something that you need to take care of yourself. And that's, that's a lesson learned. And the other lesson learned is that, you know, life is, is all about experiences. There's the negative and there's the positive. But never forget 
that this too shall pass. It will always, there will always be an end to it. And usually, from research, I found out that 75% of our thoughts daily are negative thoughts. 75% of our daily thoughts are negative. But 90% of them never happen. They're a figment of our imagination. So if that's the case, you, we talk about logic, if that's the case, then, then philosophically, everything, even if this too shall pass, but it will also pass with flying colors, with hope. There, it will end a good ending. You just need to keep your eye on that, on your end goal, that positive goal. Manifestation is very important to imagine that moment of happiness and positivity. It's very hard though, but you need to take the right remedies and the right approaches to be able to think that way. Thank you. And um, before my final question, I wanted to ask you, um, where can people find you? Um, social media, uh, Maya Al Hawari, uh, everywhere on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. You have YouTube videos? I don't, but if you if you Google my if you research my name on uh, on YouTube, if you search my name on YouTube, Maya Al Hawari, you will pick up some of the work as my TEDx talk. Um, I was one of the, I was blessed to be chosen. It was it's on their official website today. So my talk was uh, was one of those important I think topics. I hope that uh, where was uh, was is on tolerance. And the title was, Is Forgiving Killing or Is Killing Forgiving? Mm. Well, what is that all about? Just a quick snap. Tolerance. How, what is, what is tolerance? Because you mentioned killing. Yeah, yeah. Some people would rather die than forgive. Understood. So that's, that's. That's the point. <laughs> I'd rather die. It's on my dead body. People say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is it really killing or is forgiving killing? Mm. Does actually forgiving really you know, they say kill them with kindness. So that's the other part. So, yeah, I was chosen to be on, uh, on TEDx official uh, YouTube channel. So that was great. And it was the beginning of this year. I was also, um, I was blessed to be chosen as one of the tolerance uh, influencers and uh, knights. They call them in Arabic, Fursan al-Tasamuh. Fursan, tolerance, you know, uh, knights. In Arabic, it says Fursan, but in English, it's... Um, Knights or champions mm. um, around, uh, for, you know, in the UAE. We were only four. So, yeah, because of my influence and uh, impact on social media for the community and for women especially. So I'm, that's why when you walked in, I, I, had, I have a lot of initiatives that I'm involved in. And, uh, you know, it's important that uh, we keep the flame yeah. of hope lit. It's very important. It's it's how people it's how people stay alive. Yes. And I'm really curious about one thing. I know I already asked you, but because uh, for our listeners who doesn't see you uh, on the video or see you face to face, most people think um, you you're not an Emirati or you you probably came out from you know U.S. or you. Know, oh oh yeah no no I'm I'm subject. actually I was born and raised here in the UAE. 
I just, the only difference is that I, my father is a medical doctor, Dr. Tariq Abu Yunus, and uh, Al-Hawari, and my mom is uh, also a doctor in pharmacy, and uh, she's the principal of Dubai Carmel School. So uh, we, I was raised in a household where English, the language, was, was a main was a main pillar, and we, we, we had to converse in English, and that's, that's how my English is quite, uh, quite uh, uh, good. Also, I graduated English language and literature, bachelor's, studied in private schools, so I was blessed that way. But then it's all about how you use your skills to benefit others and benefit the community. And, but uh, you still embrace your Arabic roots. Of course, of course. Uh, you know, I'm covered, alhamdulillah, as a Muslim uh, female. I'm proud of it. I love my, my Emirati national dress, Abaya and Sheila. And uh, I, I feel like it completes me. It makes me feel whole. I really mean it. You know, people just say that because yeah. they just have to say it. But <laughs> I actually mean it. You know, it's very important. And I will leave you with this last note. It's so crucial that you're passionate about whatever you do, drink, eat, dress. You have to love it. You have to own it. Because it will, you, you carry it. It doesn't carry you. You carry it the way you want it to be carried, not the other way around. So I just want, before my last question, I just wanted to acknowledge you for, you know, sharing our time with us. Thank you. About your story, your life lessons. Oh, of course. And coming out of that depression and really come out really on top in terms of you have this knowledge and strategies and research base that you can help people and share the positivity, the happiness and emotional intelligence. Yeah. Which really helps a lot, especially here in, in UAE, which yeah. is diverse culture. I yeah. know you, you work with government. Yeah. But no, I no, no, we, we, I deal with, with, with uh, other uh, nationalities as well. And we, Danielle, we, we all have the same suffering. Yeah. It's just a different story. You know, everybody has a different story, but same suffering. Yeah. You know, we're, we're the same. We come from the same uh, sand. <laughs> you know, same earth. Yeah. There's no difference, you know. Understood. Um, so my, my last and final question to you is, if everything is stripped away, let's say your, you know, your consulting job, your training programs, your business, uh, you know, your status, okay. <laughs> your social media yeah. um, influence, um, if everything is stripped away, what would be your main drive to succeed? If everything is stripped away... Um, Giving. I love giving. I'm a true giver. I believe that and I'm passionate about it. And I give, and my husband says that sometimes it's, you know, it, it, it overrides the family. And I, and I realize that. I give my, my all, like my full being. If I have to help, I will help you properly. I will not just let you, leave you hanging half the way. So if I was to be stripped, my my passion comes from this drive of giving. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, any later, uh, last um, you know, no, notes? No, I, I want to say thank you so much. And, uh, you know, it was a pleasure. And I hope it was smooth. <laughs> 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 you know, and uh, I, d I don't think I've ever spoken about my journey this in this detail. Um, but I'm very happy to share it. It's, um, uh, I think it's worth sharing. Ideas worth sharing, like Ted. Yeah. Yeah.
There we go. All right. So thank you so much for listening. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. By the way, if there is one thing that you learned in this episode, I hope and challenge that you apply it in your life because that's the reason why I'm bringing all these amazing guests into the podcast. For you and I to continue growth together and be in this journey of personal you know, self-development. And, and of course, that's one of the reasons why this podcast exists, is to add value and inspire more people too. Like Maya, you and I have a purpose. And there's a reason why you and I are put into this earth. That's the reason why we all encounter trials, pain, and suffering, and made us become who we are as we are right now. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know where you're listening into. I don't know what kind of circumstances you are in. I don't know, you know, whether if you've been brought up in a dysfunctional family, you have a disability, or, you know, no matter what problems and rocks have been thrown at you, here's what I know, that you and I both live more stronger and more fierce than ever because all of those challenges that we encountered. My question to you is this, would you deprive people of your story? Would you just keep the life lessons you've learned throughout this journey? Or would you continue to fight for all of those people you know who can stand up for themselves? Would you use your voice, your story, your life, your testimony, and use it for the benefit of many? If you're someone who has a powerful story to tell, and you wanted to make a huge impact in the world and yet don't know how or simply would like to find to develop your own voice, I want you to go to my website, which is www.thedrivetosucceed.com or just type in simply in Google, thedrivetosucceed.com and click on the link and you'll be directed to a landing page, which you just need to enter your first name and email address and I'll take care of the rest. And here's also my closing. I don't know where you are right now, where you're listening into, or whatever your circumstances are. But all I know is that you and I have a duty in this world. You and I have a story to tell. So don't deprive the people of your story. Because you might not know which one was going to impact and be inspired to take action because of your story. Thanks again for joining us at the Drive to Succeed podcast. If you're enjoying learning from this podcast, you can show your support by sharing and rating this on iTunes or Stitcher, and sharing it with your friends on social media, and tag us on Instagram at the Drive to Succeed underscore podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. See you in the next episode.